welcome to another episode of my podcast. Man, oh man, look where we are. We're not in a hotel, we're not in the podcast studio, or live from my house. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot of, uh, I don't have a lot of artwork on the walls. There's not a lot of razzle and dazzle, there's no special pillows on my couch. I grabbed a pillow from my bedroom. It's... You know you got a good pillow when the pillowcases are all stained. This is my drool pillow, you know? Right? Isn't that true? Yeah. If your pillow, when you take off the pillowcases, all brown and rotten, that means that pillow has seen a lot. It's been through a lot. You've and used you it can. Right. What? You've used it right. Yeah, you've used it right. This pillow is somewhat new. I got it for Christmas last year. But the pillowcase, I don't know what happens. I feel like it just gets like stained in the washer. Like it's got weird washer stains on it, but it's probably also got a lot of drool and you know, some sexual sauces on there. Yeah. No, it's probably just drool mostly. Tears. But um, yeah, a lot of tears on this pillow. I'm not a lay down and cry type of gal. When I'm crying, I, I sit up, I'm an erect crier. Something about laying down feels, I, I like to be up, you know, curled over, my back's all hunched. I've been having some good cries this week. It's been an emotional week. It's been a draining week, I'll tell you that. I put sweatpants on for this. I'm at home. It's almost 11. I'm tired. My body hurts. I got in a fight. Yeah, you heard that right. Allie Mikofsky got into her first fight. It wasn't like at Target in the parking lot. It was, uh, I was wearing like boxing gloves and shit. I'll tell you about that in a second. But um, yeah, I've been crying a lot this week. It's felt good. I've gotten a lot of releases out. And I think it was a, it was kind of a cocktail of uh, emotions because Earlier in the week, I forget what I watched. Oh, Mid. no, that's that was the tip of the iceberg. Earlier in the week, wow, my producer is really chatty today. Oh, You're not on, yeah, I know, yeah, no, it's all good. I'll look at you when I, you know, when I want some feedback. No, I don't care. I could use all the help I could get on this episode. But, so... Uh, on my flight home, where was I? Texas? No. Where was my, where was my flight home where I watched that movie? Yeah. Texas. Was it? Mm -hmm. So my, but weren't you on my flight? Oh, but we were sitting, we, we flew Southwest on the way home from Texas and, uh, and we weren't able, so on Southwest, you pretty much choose your own seat. So it's pure chaos. Any rational person would just, well, I guess now that I'm saying it out loud, I'm like, I don't want that. I want everyone else to follow the rules, but I want to pick the best seat. But on Southwest, you just go on, like, based on your boarding, you know, number, and then you choose a seat. But everyone, of course, wants the best seat. But most flights are all full. So it's like, you're going to have someone sitting next to you. So don't be a dick and just like, I mean, there's no real good way to do it, but we ended up not being able to sit next to each other because everyone took 
the rows that were taken or the seats that were taken were the window seats and then the aisle seats. So then everyone was just left to choose middle seats. And so he was sitting in the middle seat right in front of me. Uh, and so I watched a movie. I watched this movie called Promising Young Woman. Such a good movie. So good. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. But, you know, it deal like it causes a lot of feelings. It brings up a lot of emotions. So those emotions weren't released. I just held on to them after watching this movie. And then uh, when I got home, me and my boyfriend started watching. Oh, this is good. Was it? Which one did we watch first? Sex, Love and Goop? Yeah. So we started watching, hey, don't knock it till you watch it. Gwyneth Paltrow's Netflix series, Sex, Love and Goop. And, you know, it has all these different couples and there's different like relationship techniques and it deals with sex. And, you know, if you're a lifelong listener, you know that I have some sex issues. Your girl's not really coming the way that she should be. And I think I realized, I think I am having orgasms. I just think that I'm rushing myself. So I'm not like, like I'm climaxing, but I'm not fully like reaching, you know, the pinnacle of it. Like it feels great, but then I'm just like, okay, we're done. On to the next thing. So I'm not giving myself the full opportunity of release and pleasure because my brain is elsewhere. And so the show, it was really interesting. It also is a good way to get you kind of horned up, not gonna lie. Watching that, you're like, I wanna try what they're doing. It gets you in the mood, it gets you going. So if you're in kind of a sexual slump, that's a good place to start. It'll make you wanna do things differently, you know, whatever. Um, so that was really good, but that also kind of brought out a lot of emotions in me. And then finally, I watched The Maid on Netflix, and that's such a good show. I'm only on like, what, episode three? Halfway through episode three, it's long. Each episode is like an hour. Um, but after the first episode, I just broke down. I was going through like kind of a Joker phase. Like, you know how the Joker's like laughing and he's like, why is so serious? And you're like, bro, you have the most fucked up childhood. Want to know how I got these scars? Like, that's how I was. I just started hysterically laughing and I couldn't stop laughing. And then I looked at my boyfriend and I was like, do you, do you think I'm laughing because I'm like, I can't, what did I say? Do you think I'm laughing because I'm afraid to cry? Yeah. Which man, if that's not some dark, sad shit, I don't know what is. So I'm just like hysterically laughing. Just my stomach, I'm just, I can't take anything seriously. I'm just cracking up and I'm like, do you think that I'm laughing because I don't wanna cry? I'm afraid to cry. And then as soon as I said that, I'm like covering my eyes. I got, you know, the pointer over my right eye. I got the thumb over the left and I'm hysterically laughing. And then all of a sudden I just break down. I'm covering my face. My boyfriend has never seen me sob. You've seen me like tear up. We've watched Marley and me. I got a little emotional. In what? Oh yeah, and at my sister's wedding, I got emotional. So I'm like covering my face and I just motion him to like come towards me and give me a hug. And as soon as 
he wasn't looking at my face and we were hugging, I was like, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> and it felt so good. It was such a release that I needed. And I think it was like a combination of all those things. Promising Young Woman is about, you know, guys being kind of pervy. And I know that that's not a good sell. I know that the demographic of my listeners are dudes and they're like, well, I'm not a perv. Why should I watch that? It's not about that. The story's good. Just watch it. But that kind of brought out a lot of feelings about like dudes being creepy and shit like that. Um, and then Sex, Love, and Goop brought out this like weird, you know, sexual, I don't want to call it trauma. I don't know what it is with the sexual like block that I have. And then finally the maid brought out this like family trauma because it's this mom who's trying to like raise her daughter, but like the family's just like, I mean, I'm really not Roger Deneberting it over here. There's no Rotten Tomatoes. But, um... Something about the dynamic of the home, just the chaos of the upbringing of this child brought out my family. And I was like, I've never dealt with the issues of my childhood. And it was, it was a lot. It was a lot of release. But then what did we do after? Just went to bed? Because I started crying again, though, I think. And then we just passed out. Yeah, I was tired. And I think all this traveling, I don't know. I think I'm just, oh, and also I got off my depression meds, which could have something to do with it. Yeah, mama's not on her SSRIs anymore. And I don't know if that's a good thing yet, but to be continued with that. I can't tell if I need depression meds or if I need my ADD meds or if I just need uh, God, you know? I don't know what it is, but I'm just, I'm very, I don't know if it was also like post quarantine. No, but I've, you girls have been a little, you girls had a case of the blues for a while, but yeah, it's been a week, a week of emotions. And then I got the shit kicked out of me yesterday. My body hurts so bad. Here's the thing. I've been to a few UFC fights. I've taken a few jujitsu classes. I thought I was going to have something. I thought I was going to, you know, I thought by watching it and being interested in it and having all these emotions, it was going to bring something out of me where I was just going to suddenly be able to fight. But I can't. I honestly wish my parents beat me a little bit growing up so I'd have some sort of like ammunition and experience. But I've never been in a fight. And I've always wanted to be in a fight to see how I would do. And now I know. It's confirmed, I would not do well. I'm, I have zero defense. If the person was disabled, if the person had no arms and couldn't fight me, I would do very well in a fight. However, I imagine that's not the circumstance I would get myself into. You know, I picture myself getting in a fight over like parking or, that's what gets me fired up, right? The most angry I get is when I feel like I've been wronged on the road. A road wronging, that gets me fired up. I'm saying bad things. I'd get canceled in the car. There's a camera in the car. Man, I would not recover from that. I just get so angry sometimes. Not all the time. But the car feels like a safe space. 
And I think that that's okay. I think if you're going to say bad things with no, you know, actual meaning, you just want to say bad things, the car is a great place to do that. As long as the windows are rolled up. If the windows are rolled down, that could be dangerous. But I think there's this like weird thing where people try and pretend that they're good all of the time, which is annoying. Obviously people who are chanting like, let's go Brandon. Like, first of all, that's embarrassing to be an adult who's like excited to have like a song that says, fuck Joe Biden, you know? That's kind of embarrassing. But also if you really care about that, then that's like probably exciting for you. But I think there's all, there's just this annoying thing about, you know, everyone being like ultra woke and progressive. And it's like, I don't trust that. You need a place where you can be a bad person safely. Twitter, that's not a good place to be a bad person. That's really boring and unoriginal. It's not accomplishing much. In your car on the 101 freeway in rush hour traffic, yeah. Get some things off your chest, free therapy. But speaking of let's go Brandon, I was at Skankfest this weekend. I'm not, I'm, I'm glad I was there, it was really fun. But also, it was pretty much a canceled, it was like the the weekend of everyone who's been canceled and has fans because of their cancellation. And I'm not knocking anyone. It's a lot of funny people, but it's so funny. I feel so conflicted as a comedian. I feel like I'm on this line of like, am I gonna be on the woke side or am I gonna be on the canceled side? And I just wanna be in the middle. I like everyone who's like a good person. That's the thing, I've talked about this before. Man, I sound like a lame ass broken record. But it's like, and here's the thing. This is why, this is why I think I'm a good person. Here's why I deserve, I feel like every podcast is me just preemptively defending myself in the case that something goes wrong in the future. I need to stop doing that. I need to just lean into something. I need to grow a backbone. I feel like I'm too, whatever, wishy-washy, but there's certain people who get canceled for what they say. And I understand that words do have impact, you know, words are very important, but also the person you are outside of those words is also important. So I think if people are, you know, decent humans who try and do good and aren't causing actual violence, now, if you say something that causes violence, I don't know. Why do I try and sound smart? I don't know a fucking goddamn thing. Anyway, I was at Skankfest. It was very fun. Too much fun. Uh, Bob Saget was there. I was excited to see him. I was a big Full House fan as a child. Um, so the nostalgia in me. Miss Pat was there. She was hilarious. So funny. She had like her whole family with her. It was really cool. I was too scared to talk to her. I didn't like, I didn't have like an entry point thing to say, you know, there's no like, I didn't want to, Miss Pat isn't someone you want to just like make small talk to. 
Like you either want to be all in or just like observe from the sidelines. So I observed, I was admiring. Jessica Kirsten was there, very funny. Uh, Shane Gillis was there. He was like the most popular person at Skankfest. Everyone was like fangirling. I mean, his most recent special, if you haven't watched it, I haven't laughed that hard from a comedy special in a very long time. It's so good. It's on YouTube. It's free. Just look up like Shane Gillis special. I'm not sure what it's called. Um, but yeah, it was a good time. It was just like a bunch of drunken idiots having a blast, saying wild things. But yeah, a few Let's Go Brandon chants went off. Not sure if it was ironic or not. It's funny though, because, you know, I feel like, I feel like, you know, I'll be honest. I feel like I judge a lot of people's fans. Like, I feel like after someone gets canceled for saying something, you know, offensive or, you know, joking in our, you know, race. I don't like saying the word racist, but you know, saying some sort of racist shit. It is what it is. I don't know why I'm trying to mask it. Um, but that's the thing. It's like these, like, I feel like these people, who are these people? Like these people who make jokes that are, ugh, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm backtracking. I'm a backtracker. I have no spine. But it's like, I don't think Shane Gillis or Tony Hinchcliffe is like an actual, like they're not, I can't speak for them, but based on my experience around them, like, I don't think that these are actual racist people who want bad things to happen. However, I understand the other side where people are like, yeah, but saying these things just promotes these stereotypes and give actual racist people more ammunition to be actually hateful. So I get it, but I always had these judgments like, oh, fans of people after they've been canceled for said comments, you know, the fans are probably like really bad people who are like, finally, someone who gets me. And I think there's probably a few mixed into that. But I think for the most part, like every, all the fans who are at Skankfest, granted look like they smelled and didn't shower, were all like very nice people. Like, very sweet people. I don't know what they do in their personal lives. Maybe they're, you know, bullying people in the street and causing violence. I don't think so, but, you know, for the most part, they're all nice. And I feel like I always, I always, like, judge people based on certain things or, you know, certain styles of beard. But, like, I had a lovely time. Everyone was very nice to me. I did get my ass beat, which I'll get into, but there were two, there, there, oh, babe. I'm, I'm mumbling, I'm stuttering. I crowd surfed and I got my titties grabbed. And I, I can't even say it was in a pervy way because the thing about crowd surfing, I was face down and it's like, I've been on the bottom side of a crowd surf and you can't really be like, oh, watch, watch out for the tits. Like you're just kind of like, get this person away from me. I'm carrying their weight. And honestly, I do have, I have pretty, pretty solid boobs on me. So if someone grabs them, I kind of like, please don't take this as an invite. But in that situation, I was like, nice. A few people got to know what I'm, 
what I'm working with. I used to, when I was doing open mics and stuff, and not even open mics, like a few years ago, maybe three years ago, at the comedy store. Did I ever tell you this? All my friends, I'd make them grab my boobs. I wouldn't make them, it wasn't like a she too situation. Have you never heard that before? Yeah, I didn't like she too anyone. But I'd be like, do you want to touch my boobs? And pretty much everyone wanted to. Yeah, yeah hell yeah. It's nice, I, you know, I like having my friends, you know, know what I'm working with, knowing the power that I possess. So it's kind of nice, you know, especially, you know, having the, having the man back home, the old ball and chain back home, getting my tits grabbed for free at Skankfest by neckbeards. It was pretty sick, but I, I very quickly flipped over onto my back, let him grab the ass right after. There was one moment where I almost went down. There was kind of like a weak spot in the crowd surf. I couldn't be the one person who falls to the floor. Luckily, someone grabbed me and I was good, but that could have been really embarrassing. There's nothing worse than not wanting to crowd surf and then being forced to crowd surf and then getting dropped in a crowd surf. But I made it. I didn't get dropped. The skanks had my back. Could always rely on the skanks. Um, William Montgomery was there. It was always so funny. If you like people who say crazy shit, if that's your thing, you gotta, you gotta watch Brian Holtzman if you ever get the chance. He was saying some crazy shit where I was like, I love this man and I'm honestly concerned. He's just so outrageous. It's so entertaining. Um, yeah, and what else? There was the roast of Louis J. Gomez and Tony Hinchcliffe killed it. He's such a great roaster. Um, Dan Soder I got to hang out with and get to know and he's so cool. You know who else I hadn't really, that was the nice thing about this weekend. Like, you know, honestly my shows, like I didn't do any like incredible shows while I was there, but it was nice getting to hang out with comics that I wouldn't normally, get to hang out with and get to know them more. Like Steve Ranazizi was so cool. That's someone who I would see at the comedy store and we never really talked, but um, he was great. I also got to see him naked at the Naked Roast. Got to see a lot of, there were so many comics who did the Naked Roast battle who had, I don't know if I'd call it micro penises, but very, very, very tiny penises. I've never seen so many tiny penises back to back. To be honest, I've only seen one tiny penis in my whole life, which is my boyfriend. <laughs> that was a good one, right, babe? That was good. Um, no, I've only like really seen one tiny penis until this weekend. I saw so many in a row. And the worst part about it, like I, you know, if you're listening to this and you got a micro peen, I salute you. I really don't care. I think there's too much hate on micro peens. And I'm not saying that to pander to guys with small dicks. You know, now I got a new fan base. But I really don't think it's that big of a deal, personally. Just be good at fingering and, you know, eating, eating the old gooch. Amen. But, cause also like girls like vibrators and dildos and things like that. So just put that, Get a strap on, be in a lesbian relationship with that little baby peepee. 
The worst part about the micro penises was that the guys who had them weren't even funny. They didn't even have good jokes. It's a roast battle. They're like, you look like you, you look like you didn't go to school. Like, what the fuck is that? Oh, so sad. That was the saddest part was that people didn't have the jokes to back it up. The roast jokes. Um, but that was pretty cool. There are two girls who did the naked roast. One of them, one of them was fully nude, which was brave. I salute her, but her jokes were very bad. It was all her jokes and God bless this woman, you know, no shade to her. I mean, all of these guys had terrible jokes too, but this girl, something, you know, as a woman, I'm a little bit more empathetic towards her, but her jokes were so bad that I genuinely was concerned for her being naked, where I was like, is this, does she know, like, is she fully there? Because her jokes, I was like, does she know what she's doing? Uh, but it was a good time. Got to see Steve Ranazizi naked. Got to see Jason Ellis naked, who I didn't know about until Skankfest. He like does it all. He's a fighter. He has a podcast with Tony Hawk. He skates. He's doing comedy as a podcast. This man does it all. And he was packing. He was packing some heat. And there was, like, I think one other, two other dudes on the roast were packing some heat. One was uncircied. One got the full sleeve on him. I love a full sleeve. Babe, get your skin back. Bring the skin back. Let's get, let's get you a surgery to put some skin, like do a skin graft. Let me know in the comments below if you're circumcised or uncircumcised. That goes for the women who listen to this too. Let me know in the comments, just say sleeve or no sleeve to let me know what we're working with. Also, don't forget to leave a freaking review on the iTunes, whatever, the podcast app, if that's where you listen to this. Um, but yeah, let me tell you about my fight. So, I'll give you a rundown leading up to the fight, and then I'll tell you about the fight, and then we'll we'll all go to bed. Unless you're driving while listening to this, then stay awake for a few more. But I got in. I was supposed to stay with Chloe LeBranch, New York comic. She bailed. Her grandma died. What a good excuse that was. I missed my sister's wedding shower for this. So... Chloe LeBranch was supposed to stay at the hotel with me. She bailed. Her grandma died, apparently. Grow up. Get over it. I missed my sister's wedding shower for Skankfest. Can you imagine how, how much more sad that is for me? Do I regret it? 100%. Did I try and have fun? Yeah, of course. But I wish I was it. I had a good time, but... I am bummed that I missed out on my sister's wedding shower. That's a fake made up thing. It's not her actual wedding. It's not a real thing. It's just a gathering, but she's doing a small wedding. So it feels like it was a bigger thing. Anyway, really fucked that one up, but I got to stay in this hotel alone. Shout out to Chloe for paying the other half and not asking me to pay her back. Really appreciate that. And sorry, your grandma's dead. Um, but I was supposed to stay with her and, uh, whatever. It was nice having my own room. Had to Uber to the venue. I got there. My boy, Michael Turner was there, my friend from home. So it was nice having him. Uh, 
And then I feel like the first day it was just overwhelming. I kind of just, sometimes when there's too many people, I get really isolated and like, not self-conscious, but I just get like antisocial. I'd rather just watch and sit. I get overwhelmed. So I was just kind of browsing, did some shows. Then I went back to the hotel the next day. Oh, this is the big important part. So the first day in the green room of one of the shows, it was like this warehouse. So it was a really big green room. They had two massage therapists available for free. I mean, like you could tip them and stuff, but they were just there for whoever. So I got this dude, Michael, who massaged me. And shout out to Michael. I don't think he's listening to this, but if he is, he killed it. He was great, but he was so strong. And that's what I wanted. I wanted a strong massage, but it fucked up my back. Cause I'm real tense. I'm carrying all that promising young woman, sex loving goop and the maid on my shoulders, you know? So I was tight, I was tense. He was, you know, working it. And uh, then the next day I went to Monica because she was just available. M Michael was working on someone. So Monica was available and she brought a bed the second day to lay on for like, you know, a lay down massage. Cause the first day was that chair, which is always awkward. I feel like I'm just like humping this weird chair. Can't really get that comfortable on it. And um, so I was laying down and I was like, please take it easy on me. I just want to feel loved. That's what I told her. I was like, please don't go hard. I, I normally like a lot of pressure because I, I want her to know I'm not a little bitch. I like a strong, firm grip on my knots, on my back. I was like, normally, you know, I like it rough. I like it hard. I was like, but please just, I just want to be rubbed. I want to feel touched and loved. Take it easy on me. Shout out to Adele. And she was great. And I've been getting massages for a long time. I know the difference between a solid massage and a bad massage. She was incredible. But the first day Michael was there from the morning, like noon until the very end. I didn't even see him take any breaks. He was powering through. I was baffled. And so then Monica was there. Michael showed up a little bit later in the day, but his eyes were like kind of glazed. He looked kind of zombie-ish, you know? I can't imagine he slept that well. He must have been exhausted. Who massages the massage therapist? Not me. I'm not signing up for that. But he came back the next day. He looked a little bit, he looked a little out of it. I was honestly kind of concerned. So I was, I was a little bit relieved that Monica was available when I was. So Monica rubbed me down. The third day, this dude's eyes were like bloodshot red. It almost looked like he had pink eye. He was just kind of out of it. I was concerned. I was so scared. I didn't even know it. Like I wanted to ask him if he was okay, but I was scared to talk to him. I'm such a little bitch about that kind of stuff. But yeah, Monica did me right. Next time I'm in Texas, I'm gonna be in Corpus Christi. I don't know how far that is. I don't even know where it is. Oh, is it the very South? Yeah, I checked. It's at the bottom, it's by water. The comedy, the place is like near water. We're gonna be by Mexico, like right up by Mexico. Oh, you're not coming with me. What, do you wanna come with me? Don't make me go to Corpus Christi alone. It looks like a fun area, you should come with, babe. But yeah, next time I'm in Texas, I'm having Monica rub me down. I love that woman.
It's her own business too, Mobile Massages. I think her last name, well, I don't know if she wants free promo, but I'm pretty sure her name is Monica Gonzalez. And her company's called like, Sarah, what? Corpus Christi? Yeah. Oh, sorry, Monica Gomez, not Gonzalez. Monica Gomez, Touch of Serenity Mobile Massage. She's great. Lovely woman. Great husband, very supportive man. Um, but yeah, so I got a massage. What? What? The Texas State Aquarium's there. Yeah, the Texas Aquarium's there. There's a lot of shit over there. We're going to Corpus, going to Corpus Christi. You can go to alanmikofsky.com slash shows to see where I'll be. San Francisco, Sacramento, Washington, D.C. St. Louis is this weekend. If you're in St. Louis, come see me. I'm begging you. Please, for the love of God. So. Oh, yeah, so I got rubbed down. That was the highlight, truly. So here's how the boxing. Here's how I got beat, beat up. So. Louis J. Gomez is really into boxing and MMA and all that. So they had a ring out in the back. And so there were like some professional fighters there. They had attendees, like fans who were there for the weekend for the festival, like compete. They got to sign up and compete in boxing challenges and they had winners. They got PS5s. And I was watching on the last day, I was watching this fight and I'm like, Damn, I want to fight. So I asked Lewis, I was like, hey, like, can I fight? And at first she was like, do you actually want to? And I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah, but who am I going to fight? And then I look and Kim Congdon was there, former Kill Tony regular. She was one of the first. I, I followed her on Kill Tony. And um, here's the thing. Kim Congdon is a Puerto Rican from Florida. You know, she's got more life experience than I do. She dated Louis J. Gomez. Like this bitch is ready to swing on someone. I'm a little white girl who went to school in Orange County. I've been in zero fights. My parents never beat me. I wish they did a little bit. Give me some fuel, some ammo. I've never been in a fight and I've always wanted to be in a fight. And so I got my hands wrapped. We ended up like getting ready for it. We got our mouth guards. And I was, we were kind of joking around. I was like, you know, please don't punch my nose. I'm scared of breaking it. Uh, and I was like, but you know, we'll just have fun. Like, it's not gonna be anything too crazy. We're just gonna have fun. You know, if it gets too rough, like we'll chill. But like, let's, you know, do well. And then as soon as it fucking started, this bitch is swinging. I have no defense. My chin's up. I'm turning my head. My head hurts. My neck hurts so bad. I'm in so much pain. And then I was watching a video. Someone like filmed it on their phone and they were showing me after. And I look so bad. I'm just bent over, hunched. I just keep throwing punches because I don't know how to defend myself because she's punching me so much. And after the second round, we did one minute. I held my ground. On the second round, one minute, at a certain point, I was like, oh, I'm gonna, I can't do this. 
But I'll be honest, she got some nasty shots in there. She she hit the back of my head a few times, which isn't allowed. Um, she was good though. She was good. There was no chance I was gonna win. She also fucking trains. She does like kickboxing and jujitsu and shit. I have zero training, never been in a fight. I think under those circumstances, I did pretty well. For having never been in a fight, making it past one round, I'm pretty impressed with myself. Um, but yeah, my body's ruined. I don't even have health insurance, that was a gamble. But it was fun, I got to, I got to fight. I felt really uh, proud of myself. Now I'm just gonna sleep for the rest of the week. I'm so excited to just sleep. And uh, yeah, that's the pod, baby. Was there anything else interesting? No? All right, well, Go to alimakovsky.com slash shows to see where I'm performing. Please come out to a show. I would love to see you. It means the world to me. Everyone who comes out to my show is so lovely, so cute. You guys are the cutest. The people who listen to this podcast are the cutest. I've never seen one fuggo at one of my shows that knew about me. And leave a comment, rate, review, subscribe. Do all of that, it warms my heart. And if you wanna be involved on my Patreon, go to patreon.com slash Ali And if you join the top tier, I'll hang out with you and the other top tier folks on Zoom once a month. It's a good time. I meet a lot of new people on that. I've made friends on it. I love my Patreon. Thank you for supporting me. Um, I'm gonna to go to bed. I love you. Good night. Oh, my friends, they think I'm dead.